Welcome back to another episode of the Colin Sinelia Podcast on the Talent 409 Network. This podcast brought to you by Sweat with Stods, my wife's company that offers you online workout programs. Christine actually currently programs all of my workouts, and I really like them, so I wanted to take some time today to talk really quickly about my personal experience versus just going through the program spiel that she had put together for me. She really great at mixing up the the different lifts, the different cycles, reps, anything that that you worry about on a daily basis. I never have to worry about. She puts that all together in advance, whether it's in a notebook that I can take with me. We have a Google Doc that I can also take with me if I just want to take my phone. She's flexible, really knows what she's doing and, and puts things together in a way that it makes it so I don't have to worry about what I'm doing, but I know that I'm going to to get a good workout. When I go to the gym, when I go for a run, she even makes me run sprints outside sometimes and do workouts outside in the in the sweltering heat. So you can get her programming too. The Sweat with Stads Hit at Home program is a month of programmed workouts, mixing high intensity interval training with low intensity steady state workouts. This expertly designed program is usually $30, but you can get a $10 discount with the code CCP. See how much your fitness can improve with just $20 in a one-month commitment. Now, I'm here to tell you, as a user of her programs, it works, and it can really get you results, especially if you stick with it and, and you really work hard over the long run. Today is another solo pod. We're going to be talking about adaptability. So get ready. This is an exciting topic for me. I really love talking about adaptability, believe it or not. So sit back, relax, enjoy the episode. But first, let's jam out with Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. All right, everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Today's leadership quality, we're going to be talking about adaptability, which we highlighted in a recent Tuesday talk post. If you follow me on Instagram, on Facebook, or on LinkedIn, Each Tuesday, I post about a Tuesday talk topic, and this Tuesday, I posted about adaptability and gave a quick little one-minute rundown on my thoughts of adaptability, but today in the podcast, I want to go into a little bit more detail because being adaptable is really one of the most important qualities to being successful. I want to start today's podcast by thinking about some of the giants in the past that died off as a result of being unable to adapt fast enough. Back in prehistoric times, dinosaurs ruled before a comet crashed into the earth, changed the atmosphere, and when the dinosaurs failed to adapt quickly enough, they eventually died off and became extinct forever. More recently, many, many retail stores, including Blockbuster, which I never thought was gonna go out of business when I was a kid, Same with Toys R Us, the company Kodak. I mean, everybody remembers the Kodak moment growing up in in the 90s. Uh, They all went bankrupt and then eventually went out of business because they failed to adjust to a world dominated by the internet and Amazon took them over and, and made it so that it's easier to shop online. I mean, we all know about one click shopping, one click buying now. It's much easier than having to go through the store search for the item that you want, potentially not have the item there and still be able to purchase your whatever it is that you're looking for. And 
you know, online, even if you can't find what you're looking for, if it's on backstock, at least you know that your order's been placed, somebody's getting it. I mean, things are just so much easier on the internet and these retail companies and stores just weren't able to adapt and they ended up dying off as a result. I highlight these giants here in the beginning of the show to give you thought on how even with all of their might, dinosaurs, Kodak, Blockbuster, even with all of their might, their influence, even their money that they once had and made, none of these examples could ultimately survive a changing world. And if the giants of the world can be vulnerable enough to let themselves be in a position to die off forever, then the majority of us that aren't at the top of a chain are much more susceptible to being unadaptable. Think about it. If you are a player, coach, or administrator, how often do you get frustrated by the decisions made from your superior? If you're a player, maybe you've had this thought before. I want more playing time, but coach thinks I need to have at least a B-plus average to get on the field. Why does it matter as long as I pass? If you're a coach, maybe you've had this thought before. Man, I would love to be able to take our team to a great showcase and give a few of them a real opportunity at getting noticed. But my AD says we don't have enough money in the budget. He says if I can raise the money, then we can go. Why does the responsibility to raise the money for something that enhances our players' experiences at school have to come from me? And finally, if you're an administrator, even an AD, you've probably had this thought before. It would be great to bring in Talent 409 to help my programs become better leaders and develop more as athletes and as people, but we don't have the money and we don't have the support from the university. What can I do to convince the president that the player development is just as important of an aspect of our students' experiences as the games themselves? The point is, we all get frustrated with decisions made by our superiors, whether they're valid or not, whether they make sense or not. How you react to those decisions is ultimately what will define how successful you are, because if you let the frustration of a decision you disagree with affect you, then you are digging yourself a deeper hole that will make it progressively harder and harder for you to adapt. Because let's face it, you may disagree with the decision of a superior, and if you continue to fester and talk smack and stay unfocused at what you can control, then you will most likely find yourself on the bench or out of a job. It's as simple as that. On the flip side, if you decide to react with an adaptable attitude and give something new a try, you may find yourself with more playing time or taking that trip to the showcase or having Talent 409 come in and work with your program. Being unadaptable can stop even the most powerful positive momentum. So why do we choose to be that way? Sometimes it's because of the way we were raised. It's our values and the things we believe in. If that belief is strong enough, then it's hard to let go of and change even if it may make your chances of success increase. Say for your entire baseball career, you've never changed your two-strike approach and continue to swing for the fences. If you were Mike Trout or Mookie Betts or Aaron Judge, then you might be able to get away with it. 
But if you're like the majority of baseball players, swinging for the fences with two strikes ultimately leads to strikeouts, which leads to bad performances, which leads to more time on the bench. And that seems to be the trajectory you are on now that you are getting to a higher level of competition. See how everything is connected because of one thought process? Now, a coach might notice this approach and come up to you after a game and say, hey, maybe think about hitting the ball to right field with two strikes or choking up on the bat a bit to make more solid contact. Your immediate reaction to that suggestion will probably be to resist, which is completely normal. You've had success in the past. Why change? It's only a slump. You'll eventually come out of it, right? Maybe, maybe not. It's entirely possible that you may just be in a funk and you eventually will start crushing the two-strike pitch just as you have all of your life. It's also entirely possible that you will continue to swing and miss and pile up the strikeout rate to career high levels. But the question you should be asking yourself after that interaction with your coach is, will I have enough time to figure it out? Let me say it again. The question you should be asking yourself after that interaction with your coach when he makes a suggestion to change your two-strike approach should be, will I have enough time to figure it out? The dinosaurs ruled the world for years, but eventually they ran out of time to continue to live and prosper on Earth, mainly because as a species, they did not adapt to a new environment. Adaptability and time go hand in hand. You don't get an unlimited amount of time to correct or fix an issue. Most of the time, you don't even know how long you will have before your time comes to an end. And that's where people get crossed up. They think time is continuous forever. They have tunnel vision. They think, I've been a starter for two straight seasons. Why should I be worried about playing time? In the example we just walked through, the moment the conversation between the player and the coach ended is the moment that the countdown clock begins. You only get a certain amount of at-bats to put together something of quality before a coach has to decide how much of a negative impact you are having on a team. He can't let a guy strike out three times per game each week for a week straight. That's insanity. So not only does your countdown clock for time begin to tick away, but how you approach the challenge moving forward is being watched more closely than before because now the situation has been addressed. You know you have a strikeout issue with two strikes because you overswing. Your coach knows it. They have said something to you about it and offered a suggestion for fixing the problem. How do you react to the suggestion? You can have one of two reactions here. The first is the more simple reaction and probably the more common one, especially in an ever-increasing me culture. You can ignore your coach's suggestion, get pissed off, throw things, talk about how much he is wrong to each of your teammates and simply not change your approach one bit. Do you know what happens to that countdown clock if that's the choice you make? It ticks even faster and gets to be an even shorter amount of time. You make it easy for the coach to put you on the bench. You make them think that you don't want to try new approaches and that what you think is best will work. Well, guess what? You don't make the ultimate decision about playing time. So even if a coach is wrong, in that moment during the season, when there are games to be played, 
when there is competition to be had, you are unnecessarily putting yourself at risk to lose out on at-bats because you don't want to change your approach. That's the choice you made. You chose to be unadaptable. The second choice here to be made is to try one of the two suggestions that the coach made. In the next game, you get to an 0-2 count and you try to go to right field, but you still make an out grounding over to second base. Guess what? That's still progress. And on top of that, your coach will have taken notice to your new approach. In addition to trying what coach suggested, you could even ask for a couple minutes of his time after a game and say, hey, I tried this approach you suggested, but I still made an out and I'm frustrated. How can we continue to work together so that I can contribute more to the team? First, think about how empowering a conversation like that is to have. It's extremely mature and extremely team focused. Plus, you just showcased a huge amount of adaptability. It would be very easy to try a coach's suggestion, still fail, revert back to how you were, and eventually go down the path of choice one where you are unadaptable. By choosing the path of adaptability, you open up opportunities for success that you didn't even know existed. You always want to increase your opportunities for success. That's what dynamic leaders do for themselves and for their teams. Let me say that again. You always want to increase opportunities for success because that's what dynamic leaders do, not only for themselves, but probably more importantly, for their teams. Adaptability is a choice and it is something that can be learned. Let me say that again. Adaptability is a choice and it is something that can be learned. Remember, you will always have hesitation towards a suggestion that you didn't make. That's human nature. But when you are in a position without ultimate power, it is important to remember that working together and being open to new ideas will lead you on a path to more opportunities for success than you will ever find on a path of resistance. That's going to be all today for our quick solo pod episode on the leadership quality adaptability. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I know it was quick, but there was a lot of information there. I tried to keep it down to just one example. I didn't want to go through all the different levels, but I hope you can just take from that one example how the different choices we make and, and how they can affect what we ultimately do and, and how adaptable we are as individuals. Thanks for taking some time to listen. We are, as always, again, sponsored by the Sweat with Stods Hit It Home program. Go to the website, www.sweatwithstods.com. Put in that coupon code, that discount code CCP. You get the program for just $20, $10 off for being a listener. Like I said in the intro, I'm a subscriber. I do her workouts. It really works. She's really great, really helpful. Try it out. You won't be disappointed. Thanks for taking some time to listen. We'll see you all next week with a special guest on the Colin Cernelia pod. Take it easy.